Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Barry Trammell. Coming to you in the post-game edition of the Cowboy Chronicles following Oklahoma State's 24-14 victory over Baylor. A, uh, another unique game. Uh, the, uh, these Cowboys seem to be set on, uh, on, on playing some very interesting football, no matter the, uh, no matter the situation. It's, uh, it's been very interesting all the way through, but they are 5-0, and and there's not a lot of teams left that can, uh, that can still say that. So uh, they keep finding ways to win and, uh, and doing it in, uh, in unique fashion each time. So, guys, let's, uh, let's start with this defense because uh, the defense is really what's carrying this team. It's the, uh, it's the reliable force. That is uh, that is kind of gluing this team together. Really impressive performance tonight. Um, I, I feel like I should give some stats right now, and I don't have a. <laughs> we were just talking about this before we started. Uh, Oklahoma State's computer crashed. That was uh, that was managing the stat system, and uh, we don't have uh, we don't have final stats. This, this is uh, kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah, we tonight. are. Um, I have a stat for you in the defense, though. They allowed six rushing yards in the first half. Six rushing yards in the first half. It was minus one after a quarter. Off to quite a uh, – got off to uh, quite a start. Baylor had as many punts as they did rushing yards in the first half. They punted six times. Had the ball six times, punted six times. Punted their first eight possessions tonight. Really a, uh, a pretty crazy performance by the defense to get started against a Baylor team that uh, was really hard to know what to expect from these guys uh, because their, uh, their early season schedule had been, uh, had been all over the place. Um, you know, not a, not a ton of great teams, but they beat Iowa State in a game where they got statistically uh, dominated but, uh, but came out on top on the scoreboard. It was hard to know what to expect from Baylor. But uh, but they had been running the ball successfully against a lot of teams. So for Oklahoma State to slow down the run the way that they did, and uh, and Baylor really didn't have a whole lot going at all uh, until they uh, they popped that fourth and two run for a uh, for what was uh, what a 55 yard touchdown run. So uh, very really very impressive defensively for this reason. The OSU offense put them in some bad spots. Some really tough spots. Spencer Sanders throws three picks. Two of them set up Baylor at the OSU 31 and 36-yard lines. And Baylor, after those two possessions, punted. That's how good the OSU defense was today. They didn't even let them – well, they pushed them back from field goal range. I don't know what the kicker's range is, but, you know, you get the ball to 31 and 36 – you're generally not punting, but Baylor did. Yeah. 
we'll get to uh, get to Sanders in a minute, but uh, but he did. He put um, put the the defense in some tough situations with uh, with those two interceptions in uh, on the uh, on the wrong side of the field. Not that there's a right side of the field for an interception, but uh, but those uh, those two in particular were tough, and you had to push them back out of field goal range, uh, presumably. Really impressive by the defense, and uh, another big night on third down. Three of fifteen, if uh, if my math was correct on uh, on that when I uh, when I figured it up at the end of the game. Uh, on third down for Baylor, so that's uh, after two of twelve last week, three of fifteen this week. That's, uh, that's two really good weeks again of uh, getting off the field on third down by Oklahoma State, and a couple of fourth down stops as well tonight that uh, that that helped uh, help the cause uh, additionally so um, now one thing that's uh, that's been interesting about Baylor is that they have not been turning the ball over a bunch and that trend continued Oklahoma State did not have a takeaway tonight and uh, and that was uh, that was one issue that uh, that that was concerning because Oklahoma State ended up minus three in the turnover margin and um, you know, put themselves in some difficult situations because of that. But they're so good at getting off the off the field on third down that uh, that turnovers don't seem to uh, don't seem to be a, a huge issue for this team. Well, you know, I, I talked to I asked Mike Gundy, sort of asked him this in the in the past. I mean, in the point crazy era that we've experienced the last 10, 15 years of college football. And OSU is the poster child of that. Turnovers were killers, not because of field position. You know, when you think about a turnover, and go back to the wishbone days, when you know a lot of teams would be loose with the ball. When you think of a turnover, you think, well, that's 40 yards of field position we gave up. Well, here in the last 15 years, turnover is that's an opportunity to score. Right. You know, when it's 41-35 final or 49-42 or whatever the case may be, you know, you commit a turnover, that's one of your chances to score. In this kind of football that we're seeing this season, particularly with OSU, it's not necessarily costing you. It's back to where it costs you field position. And that's not as – that's not as uh, – detrimental to the cause as the lost opportunity to score so turnovers in this kind of game that we saw are not as pivotal as what we saw maybe in the mason rudolph zach randolph this is zach randolph zach robinson <laughs> well, let's just talk to mark gasol shall we tony <laughs> allen but anyway um, turnovers are not as important as they used to be if you're going to play this kind of football so that's one reason osu was able to survive tonight is because, you know, if they didn't turn it over, they were probably going to punt it away anyway. So, you know, that's that's how OSU won a game in which you're down 3-0 in takeaways. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, and again, the the third down uh, conversions or uh, their ability to stop third downs is is uh, just about as good as a turnover, uh, other than the. Uh, the field position issue with a uh, a punter who was pretty good. Baylor's punter was uh, was pretty impressive. He kicked very high, very high. I guess his yardage was good. I didn't even look at the yardage, but 
He kicked it very, very high. But that's another interesting thing about tonight, and I think Gundy talked about this on Monday, and then he talked about it again tonight. Tristan Ebner, an outstanding return man uh, for Baylor. Cowboys kept kept him corralled, both kickoff and punt returns. He had four kickoff returns for 71 yards. Longest was 24. That's winning football. He had one punt return, no yards. If you didn't let Baylor loose in the punt game or kickoff return game, you really have a pretty good chance to beat them. And Cowboys played very well in in that return coverage. They did, and that was a uh, that was a hugely critical area that we had talked about. Jacob, you and I talked about that in the uh, the midweek podcast about how important it was going to be to uh, to keep him contained and. Uh, you know, we kind of thought that uh, that the kickoffs would be a little bit better than uh, than yeah. they were. We didn't expect any kickoff returns, um, and of course, punt returns were uh, were an area where we talked about Tom Hutton's target punting being uh, being crucial to uh, to not letting them get going there. But uh, your boy Tom punted pretty well, I thought overall. Had one shaky punt, but yeah, punted over punted pretty well over. Had a booming punt at one point that uh, Ebner couldn't even return. Very, uh, very strong on uh, his uh, his target punting and his... Uh, he does not punt it as high as uh, Mr. Power from uh, from Baylor, but uh, but still gets enough hang time that, uh, that they were not able to return the, any punts on him. So that was, uh, that was critical. Moving over to, uh, to the offense... Um, obviously the, uh, the interceptions were, uh, were momentum changers uh, at times. Oklahoma State could have put some more points on the board and, uh, and failed to do that with, uh, with the inability to, uh, to finish off some drives or get drives going where they, uh, they had a chance to go score. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, out of the three interceptions, the one, uh, the one you can't really put on Spencer Sanders goes through Rashad Owens, uh, hands and, uh, hits him in the helmet, bounces high into the air and, and, uh, Dylan Doyle had all day to get under that yeah. one and, uh, and pick that one off. Yeah. There wasn't, uh, much Spencer could do there. Um, their throws were not good. No, the other two, uh, you know, and I mean, one he had a guy in his face, but uh, still, you he made the decision to throw the ball when he didn't have to. He he kept getting on his back foot on him, and yeah, he did. As as Gundy even pointed out, he might have had his legs spread out a little too far, kind of awkwardly, and was on his back foot trying to, I don't know, do whatever. At some point, you just gotta, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say take a sack, but you gotta make a better decision, I guess. There, uh, there are times Gundy said that uh, you know it's okay to take a sack and uh, and live to fight another down. So, well, he just didn't have a good night throwing. Let's just be no. truthful. Even on some of his completions, the flea flicker for thirty-five yards that was called back for an in- ineligible receiver that would have been a touchdown on a on a well-thrown ball. Right. You know, he, uh, Tay Martin had to come back for it. He just didn't have it tonight. You know, he's not a classic thrower. He's not. Rudolph or or uh, Whedon or somebody like that who you know is consistent with with where the ball gets delivered and that's not Sanders he's he's something else 
he ran very well tonight, I thought. Had a couple of really good runs and kept uh, kept the Cowboys moving the ball to some degree with his with his feet, but he's you're gonna have to live Gundy talked about it on Monday. There's things you gotta live with with Spencer Sanders and that's just that's just one of them. Um, so he did not have a good game throwing. He did last week against K State. Not so much tonight against Baylor. We'll see if it uh, you know if it's if it's an A B A B rotation then that portends well for Austin. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's uh, that's the big thing with Sanders is finding that consistency, and uh, you know he has uh, has yet to uh, really hit a uh, a long portion of his career where he's been consistent on a really reliable basis. Uh, but again, they're uh, they find ways to win games, and a big part of that tonight was Jalen Warren. Um, Barry, I thought it was interesting. You asked Gundy this question uh, on Monday of, uh, of how much better Jalen Warren is than they thought he was, and his answer was quite a bit. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, he's way better than I thought. I assume <laughs> he's better than what anybody thought, maybe including Utah State. But I remember when the guy announced he's coming to OSU. I thought, why would you come here? They got three tailbacks already and you know probably going to be just fine there (laughs) turns out he's not just the best but he's a workhorse he had was it 36 35 carries 30 against boise state was it Uh, 30 32 32 32 against boise state now 36 or 37 tonight um i mean that's that's 1970 tailback stuff that's not you know the spread and Cowboys are down to really two tailbacks tonight uh, Dominique Richardson looked solid in his he ran six, hard. Seven, I don't know if I would have seven eight carries um, and he looked okay but, but man they're really they're riding Jalen Warren that's that's a lot of carries he's putting up um, but he's he's a difference maker he's yeah, that first series of the game you know Cowboys just go down 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 to a touchdown and most of that was Jalen Warren. I think he had 51 yards rushing on seven carries or something like that in that in that drive. So he's he's the real deal. He's he's uh, you know he's got a chance at some honors like All Big 12. You know I don't know it won't be easy with Brees Hall and Deuce Vaughn and Bijan Robinson. It's a fairly loaded tailback class in the Big 12. But but Jalen Warren's putting up some really impressive numbers. Yeah, he might not uh, might not match those guys. I mean, he could. It was yet to be seen, but um, he might might not ultimately match those guys numbers wise. But in terms of his value to this team, it's it's off the charts right now. He is uh, he is by far this team's MVP through the first five games. It it has. I'm not I'm not going to directly compare him to Chuba, but it has the feelings of Chuba in 2019 when Chuba became that workhorse and you know they opened Big 12 play at Texas that year and I think Chuba carried around 32 to 35 times as right. well and you were like wow what are we doing here you know and and um he kept getting carries like that and they kept going to him and it kind of has the feeling of that a little bit I don't 
Jalen's not going to get the Heisman talk like Chuba did and things like that, but uh, it has shades of that to me a little bit. It's uh, it's a very unique situation to see. You mentioned 32 carries against Boise State. He had 27 carries the next week, plus four receptions against Kansas State, so 31 total touches. Uh, tonight, 38 total touches, 37 carries and, uh, and one reception. Um, so they're really, uh, really leaning hard on this guy. And uh, if anybody deserves a week off, it's him. And uh, it comes at uh, an opportune time for the Cowboys right now with this bye week. Um, the, how, much, how much do you think that uh, Jalen practices this week? Zero or not at all? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a heavy week of rest for him. Yeah. Uh, I think Zach Middleton will be busy running the uh, the uh, first team offense, yeah. maybe at running back, just to keep guys healthy and and keep keep them protected through through the bye week. Is is Des Jackson supposed to be back soon? Because this is a little bit of a scary situation, you know, having only it, two scholarship tailbacks or two two tailbacks in the rotation, um, with Brown injured and Jackson injured, they. They could use a third guy, so um, to me, it's a little bit of a little bit of a uh, apprehensive situation. Yeah, that's uh, still unclear when Des Jackson will be back from the uh, the injury he suffered against Tulsa. So uh, he's missed missed three weeks and uh, got another week coming another week off coming up. So he could be one of those guys that could really benefit from uh, from some time off as well. To Gundy, uh, to Gundy get alluded earlier in the week Texas. that he could be back this yeah. week and so i don't I, to me it seems like he might be soon yeah sounds like it could be close uh sounds like it could be close for tyron irby we didn't even talk about colin oliver that's uh that's on me for uh for missing that but uh um, way to take away with the one thing you missed right exactly um but uh but colin oliver gets his first start at the edge rusher position and uh and handles himself really well five tackles uh, what three for, three for loss, two sacks, really uh, three quarterback hurries. Yeah, he was uh, he was making an impact all over the place. So big time game for him on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, guys, we were talking uh, as we were leaving the stadium tonight. Could be a uh, a top fifteen team these uh, these Cowboys by uh, by the time the polls come out uh, on uh, on Sunday. It's quite a rise when you think of the fact they started the season unranked. Right. Um, they were receiving votes, um, but they've just steadily found ways despite injuries. Um, the receivers are growing, the ones that are healthy. Um, I've been really impressed with Rashad Owens the last few weeks, even though he had the the uh, ball hit off his helmet tonight for the interception. Um, you throw that out, though, he's played really well. He had his first touchdown catch. Um, you find ways to get receivers going. The offensive line steadied it a little bit. Um, at times, I thought today that Baylor's pass rush was really good against them. But uh, um, yeah, they found their way, and that defense, as we talked about at the beginning, is the biggest reason. Well, I mean, I think I also think um, Cowboys didn't not only started the uh, the season unranked. But they started off with a couple of very unimpressive games. Right. Through two and a 
you know, two point, well, let's say, two point one seven five games. You thought this team isn't any good at all, right? They scraped by Missouri State. They scraped by Tulsa. They're down big to Boise State, twenty to seven. You know, early second quarter. And you think this just this is not much of a team, but then they came back and took a lead at Boise, and held off the Broncos. Come home and, and, and take care of Kansas State. Now they've beaten Baylor and, frankly, 10 and 11-point wins these last two weeks. is quite a bit in the Big 12. Um, so I, I think OSU is going to get some, some national attention. I think any kind of, um, any kind of semblance of a impartial observer would say Cowboys are definitely in the running for – Arlington and a Big 12 title contender. They're, the league seems void of of a great team. You know, the Sooners are, you know, always dominate, but they've been scraping by. They scraped by again today. They're 5-0, and but they haven't been running roughshod. Texas looks like it's gotten in gear, but it's played two teams that, you know, can't tackle a, a, a tackling dummy, so uh, in, in conference play. So it's, uh, <laughs> to me, the, the prospects are fairly bright for OSU to have a potentially special season. Yeah, it's really interesting the way that things have unfolded here uh, over the last uh, the last couple of weeks as Big 12 play has started. And we're starting to learn a little bit about what's going on with some of these teams. And, uh, you know, a team like Iowa State that's, that's faded so quickly out of the uh, – the spot of uh, that uh, that number two that number two spot in the league, and uh, you know, like you said, Oklahoma doesn't necessarily have a, a great grasp on the number one spot at the at this point. So uh, it's been very interesting to see how things have uh, have developed in a uh, fairly quick amount of time, and uh, things could change uh, significantly next week with Oklahoma State being off. So uh, so they could just. Uh, just sit by and uh, be along for the ride while uh, while another shift takes place. Um, looking ahead to Texas, you, you mentioned uh, their recent schedule, but uh, their their offense playing good. Um, hard to say how good their defense is. It's really hard to get a, a feeling for uh, for what they the, the for the the types of. Uh, teams that they've been playing the last couple of weeks Texas Tech obviously put up 35 points even though they lost by 35 to Texas uh, still scored 35 which uh, which felt really weird and uh, and TCU seemed to uh, to have some success moving the ball as well today so um, it's going to be a, uh, a curious situation going into going into Austin here in a couple of weeks we'll have plenty of time to uh to talk some more about that but um but it's going to be a fun game I think so looking forward to that usually is down OSU games in Austin most of the time are really wild affairs yes they are and uh and definitely the recent past they've uh they've had a lot of really fun ones going back really uh Really, over over a decade, the uh, they've had some uh, some really entertaining ones, and Oklahoma State has been on the uh, the winning end of a lot of those. So, 
should be uh, should be a good time. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to uh, to my favorite segment, the most important thing I forgot. What's uh, what's left hanging out there? I'm going to take the easy one, the low hanging fruit here. Whedon to Blackman. Oh, of course. We didn't even bring up the 2011 team. Yeah, not at all. And that was the big highlight of the night, besides the win uh, for OSU and the defense and Jalen Warren. Uh, you got uh, Blackman's return. Really is kind of the highlight of the 2011 reunion is Justin Blackman was there um, looked a little different with long dreadlocks um, wearing a Barry Sanders jersey but uh, he caught a touchdown pass at halftime in the end zone from Brandon Whedon just like the old days just like the old days is a nice way of saying it but um, but yes he did catch a touchdown pass he did not look like he was uh, in uh, in playing shape at uh, at the moment, but still cool to see him out there, and uh, glad that he could he could make it back. I think it was uh, I think it was good for OSU. I think it was good for for Justin Blackman that he was back and involved with the program again. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. the The entire 2011 team, uh, or uh, everybody that made it back, several of them were on hand, and uh, and that was a uh, a pretty cool. Uh, uh, celebration of of that team at halftime. Barry, anything for you that uh, that, that I forgot? Um, you threw his name out, but Colin Oliver was very impressive. Yes, two sacks. I think he had five tackles. Um, just uh, remarkable depth at the OSU, on the defensive line for OSU from where they were a few years ago. Gundy talked Monday about <laughs> taking four scholarships from offense and putting them on defense, defensive recruitment. He talked about that Monday, and we saw that come to fruition with the likes of with Colin Oliver. So, to me, that was a that was a big deal. OSU's offense this year. I'm sorry, OSU's defense this year has allowed five t- uh, eight touchdowns in five games. So that's big time. That's just exquisite football. And we'll give, uh, you can keep anywhere close to that uh, coming, then I, you know, I, I like where this OSU season is, is going. A couple more things that I'll, uh, that I'll throw out there. I, I did not mention uh, Spencer Sanders' touchdown pass to Rashad Owens, which was, uh, which was one of the best throws that I've seen Spencer Sanders make. That was uh, that was right up there with uh, just about any th- any throw he has made. Uh, had two guys crashing down on uh, on Owens, and uh, and he placed it perfectly in between the two of them, and uh, and and Owens comes comes up with the tough catch in traffic. So that was a moment I thought Spencer might turn it around throwing the ball. Right, exactly. He thought that might be the. Uh, the uh, the momentum shift that he needed that and the throw to Tay Martin on the sideline too yeah yeah absolutely another uh, another really impressive one it was uh, it was just so weird seeing uh, the two sides of Sanders tonight some yeah. uh, some great throws and some ugly ones and then um, well, now I forgot the other thing I was going to mention so I forgot it twice that's uh, that's a uh, new record for the podcast Tanner Brown maybe. Uh, no, but that's a good one. No, that's a good, a good one. one. Too, Tanner yeah. Brown filled in, uh, filled in uh, at least temporarily, maybe permanently, 
for uh, for Alex Hale at the place kicker position. I'll I'll say this about there's no knock on Tanner Brown uh, because he uh, he did his uh, did his job adequately tonight. The ball didn't it doesn't pop off his foot the way that it does with uh, with Alex Hale. Okay, uh, I'm I'm not a kicking expert, so I'm going to trust your opinion on this. To uh, to uh, to further the golf analogy, he seems to be uh, he seems to be hitting some pitching wedges when uh, Alex Hale's hitting a seven iron, mm. and uh, and I don't know if that's just uh, what he's comfortable doing or uh, or his natural natural motion or uh, or what it is exactly because he's definitely got power. I'm not saying that he doesn't have power because he uh, he puts kickoffs into the end zone on a regular basis, though he didn't tonight, but. Um, the extra work this week might have had him a little fatigued, but um, but anyway, he he did he did well, and uh, it's hard to say whether he's going to still be the team's place kicker when they go to Texas or not because um, it sounds like the uh, the job is still sort of Alex Hales. Uh, Mike Gunny mentioned that with the uh, with the the open week coming before texas and uh they wanted to have him get through some uh they wanted to send him to the driving range for a while yeah let him uh let him work on his swing and uh so they gave him this week and uh, and next week and then they'll see where he is after that it, so it felt like the vote of confidence that like a major league baseball manager gets towards the end of a bad season or a rough stretch at the end Right. You know, they're in playoff contention and they fall apart and the the general manager gives a vote of confidence. Oh, he's our guy moving forward, yada yada yada. And he's canned the first <laughs> off off you know, day of the first day of the off season he's canned. Um not saying Alex Hale's gonna get canned on this, but uh it has a little bit of that feeling to me, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely does. Interesting situation to uh, to keep an eye on because as we talked about the other day with a uh, team that is in this many close games and is going to continue being in close games, a, uh, a, a reliable field goal kicker is going to be very important for uh, for the Cowboys going forward. And we don't know anything about Tanner Brown because he made three kicks today and they were all from the three-yard line. So Yes, exactly. You know, Alex One was Hale, from the hash. Yeah, Alex Hale's undoing was missing the 44-yarders. So Right. You know, we'll see how that transpires. Exactly, it was uh, it was a lot of long ones that uh, that Alex Hale was missing. So he had the leg for him; he just didn't have the accuracy. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, I still can't remember the other thing that I forgot twice. Man, so I, uh, I might jog it loose for you. Hopefully, I will uh, remember that before the next podcast. Maybe I can bring it up then. But, um, but I think that uh, that will do it. So for Barry Trammell and Jacob Unruh, I'm Scott Wright. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. <laughs>